Welcome to Delightful Discussions. We are your hosts, Maddie and Steph. We are two women bringing you wholesome content to accompany you as you go about your day. Today, we will be discussing the mindset shift of being on someone's team, and it will be delightful. But first, it's time for life updates. I think Steph has some life updates for us today. Yes. Let's hear it. Thank you. I can't wait to share. Maddie, are you a handwritten card type of person? You know that I am, yes. And do you send your handwritten cards in the mail? Yes, I do. Are you the type of person that puts on a good stamp? Do you like stamps? Oh, yes. I am not the type of person that will go to the grocery store and get the American flag stamps. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, no, ma'am. I want, I'm at the post office, pull out the stamp binder. Let me see what they've got. Yes, absolutely. There's a binder. I had no idea. I, <laughs> oh, there's a binder if you ask for it. <laughs> I love stamps and I believe it is a lost art to love and appreciate stamps. Are you talking stamp collection to have like a book of commemorative stamps or are you just saying that you appreciate the detail of the stamp selection on a handwritten card or both both let's first discuss stamp collections i don't know anything about it other than i assume it's like collecting the state quarters i did that as a kid where you try to get all 50 states yes i think stamps are similar but i have no idea yes and when you're little or at least when I was little, my parents, when I wanted to collect something, let's say it was rocks or seashells or something physical, just to have something as a kid. Like it was very important for me to own something, to have a collection of something, to have something of my own. And my dad always suggested stamps and I never understood it. I really never understood it. And I think it's a lost art It is something that used to be a thing and it is no longer. And it didn't register to me that you would take a stamp on an envelope that was already used and collect it. And I collected everything as a kid. I collected toys of various sorts, perhaps Polly Pockets, (laughs) My Little Pony, things, Barbie, things like that, Uh, rocks leaves um basically anything that i felt like i I, it was really important for me to have a collection and my dad did tell me about coin collecting that also is a lost art although my mom did do the quarters she did the quarters Mm -hmm. however stamps are so cute and so easy and why wouldn't somebody want to save stamps because it could help you think of where you got that letter from or who sent you that stamp. And I think it's fun to receive mail that isn't somebody trying to sell you something, somebody sending an ad, somebody trying to get you to come to a dinner about your future financial wellness, (laughs) (laughs) which happens a lot, I think. And somebody just basically junk mail that everybody gets or from your past university trying to get you to donate money. Although I get it. I get it. Stamps are 
when you get something with a stamp that isn't the American flag mm-hmm. that you get at the grocery store, you know something good is inside that envelope. It's a birth announcement. It's a new house announcement. It is a thank you card. It's a handwritten note. It's a birthday card. Stamps are important. And I love picking out stamps. I do not love going to the post office. No. You can order them online. Yes. I just ordered stamps online this week. That's why I wanted to bring up the life update because I had no idea you can skip the line. They do. They don't charge you shipping for stamps or at least the amount and the stamps that I wanted. No shipping, but handling. (laughs) If anybody can remember shipping and handling. It's just so funny to me. That's funny that you're buying something from the post office and yet don't have to pay shipping. That's what I'm saying. I don't know how that works. I'm to the point. I used to be at a point in my life where I would not pay for any shipping for anything. I would always go in my car, do the legwork. As a point of pride, I am not paying shipping. However, now I'm at a point in my life. <laughs> how much is the shipping? Convenience cost. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The convenience tax. It's not easy to get around in the town we live in. Maybe... At certain points, or if you're strategic about it, sure. However, it is not easy going certain roads to getting to certain places. There's not really a convenient post office. So ship away. I like it. I look forward to letters and correspondence from you with carefully selected stampage. That's what I'm going to call it. Stampage. Stampage. The problem is you do buy a couple at a time and you don't send out a ton of letters. So you have to choose wisely on the stamps that you choose. The other portion of going to the post office to pick out your stamps is they might not have the cute ones. They have them in the little glass underneath the counter and they might not have the ones that you find pretty because everyone's picking those out. So going online... Mm-hmm. There's new a new spring drop. Mm-hmm. There are new floral stamps at your U.S. post office right now. Flock. Don't all flock at once. I Don't overwhelm the post office webpage because I've been on there before around Christmas time and I do not think it can handle that many people on it at the same time. I know. It's it is not, not very sophisticated. It's not. I added some things to my cart and I came back and... It didn't even recognize me as the same person. (laughs) So true. I almost... And you have to pay attention to what kind of stamps you want. You want forever stamps for your standard envelope, I'm guessing. But they have postcard stamps. I almost bought a large number of postcard (laughs) stamps because get, get this. They were... So cute. They were barns. Different types of barns. (laughs) And they were adorable. And I I literally thought of you, Maddie. I was like, Maddie's going to love these barns. But I would have ended up with like 480. I was going to go big or go home. Like, okay, I'm like leaning hard into these barns. I think it was 480 stamps. And I would have had postcard stamps, which are maybe half the price of a forever stamp. So it would be two stamps, which maybe I would go through them faster. And then I put it back. I almost ordered international stamps because they were this African daisy. So cute. And it was a circle. But what would I need an international stamp for? I know. And 
things to be cautious of. Be aware of what stamps you're buying because there is high risk involved. High, high risk, high reward. Yes. If those stamps showed up on my doorstep, I would still have them probably 50 years from now. You would be mailing a manila envelope with... 10 barn stamps on it to equal the amount of money it needs. Yes. Did you ever? No regrets. (laughs) And when was the last time you got mailed a manila envelope? I think there was one time we were putting together a scrapbook for my aunt and uncle. And my cousin sent us all manila envelopes with several stamps on them. Here's your scrapbook page. Do what you will with it. But like sent us actual cardstock in a manila envelope in order to create a scrapbook. It's like a quilt, but a scrapbook of the memories with our aunt and uncle, which is a great idea back when scrapbooking was a thing. I love it. I know. And I just, I knew you would love stamps. I knew you'd appreciate stamps. And yeah. My most recent favorite were the, my mom got me Disney villain stamps. I've been through all of them now. Say what? But it was Cruella. Um, what's the villain from The Little Mermaid? Ursula. Ursula. The Snow White queen person. Mm-hmm. Maleficent. Mm-hmm. They were bomb stamps. Those sound very fun. I made them last. And think of the little joy that you got when you, that you received, excuse me, mm-hmm. when you pulled those out and you were ready to put that on an envelope. True. You had a moment of joy. I'm sure the person who received the envelope had a moment of joy. My dad always, when we got mail that wasn't junk mail, would like sh- show me the envelope. Look at this stamp. Oh. And it's something simple, something necessary sometimes. And also something that you could go out of your way to get and purchase. And maybe it would spark handwritten notes or people that you would like to write a handwritten note to. Sure. I am also an advocate for personalized stationery, but that's another topic. (laughs) I love the personalized stationery. Would you rather receive an invitation in the mail or an evite in the mail 100 percent. wow you didn't even hesitate in the mail with an electronic rsvp option because i like the joy of receiving the handcrafted invitation in the mail Mm -hmm. but i also want to be able to rsvp immediately and not have to mail something back Mm. so there you have it there you have it anybody that's going to invite me somewhere you know what to do a blend, a perfect blend. <laughs> so that was a little two-in-one, handwritten cards and stamps. Do you have anything else on handwritten cards and the dying art of a handwritten note? Yes, I do. There's a book that I've had in my Amazon cart for a really long time, and I'm going to have to look it up now to tell our podcast listeners about it. But it's something about how to write cards to people. Um, because although I love the art of the handwritten card, 
I sometimes find it challenging to sound sophisticated or to say something elegant, which I think goes along with the handwritten card. Mm -hmm. So I think there's this book that you can buy that will help you structure things like that. And I once read this book. I had a period of time where I was really into learning about etiquette. Mm -hmm. And there's this woman named Micah Meyer who she teaches etiquette classes at the Plaza Hotel in New York City. Mm. She's very fancy. She's from Florida. She went to UF. Oh. Um, She has a good book on that, and she lays out very nicely a good template for how to write a thank you card. And I still use that to this day. I read the book a couple years ago. So there are resources out there that can help you perfect the art of handwritten notes and i appreciate that more to come wonderful when you were saying that you look for ways to sound elegant it brought to mind that one of my favorite aspects of a handwritten note is it feels more genuine sure by nature Mm -hmm. in and of itself it feels more genuine Mm mm-hmm because someone took the time and wrote out a note, it probably plays into the acts of service for me. Sure. I knew that took effort. I knew it took effort to think of what to say, to write it down, to send it, to put a stamp on it. It combines your two favorite. Ooh, yes. Acts of service and And words of affirmation. Send me a handwritten note, folks. That's... You heard it here. You heard it here first. Well, thank you for letting me give you that life update. I hope it was a joy to hear about. It was delightful. Truly. May I suggest my own life update? Yes, please. It involves a new addition to my wardrobe that we have briefly discussed. So, yes, I recently got what I can only describe as a taupe colored trench coat but cut the sleeves off (laughs) do you think that's a good way to describe it absolutely like almost like a vest yeah oh it's a vest but it's it's a trench vest it's a trench vest exactly and i feel it's very safari Mm -hmm. or you suggested nancy drew e detective vibes sherlock maddie yes and Dick I, Van Dyke would be jealous. True. So true. <laughs> so I I really like it because I just think that it matches my skin tone well. And you know I like a good beige colored thing. Mm-hmm. And I wear a lot of neutrals. But my husband Cameron was iffy about it. So we've sent around pictures to people. And I was so confident about it. And then when he was iffy, I wasn't sure if I was going to keep it or not. So... Today, I was working from home, and I decided to, like, try it out, mm-hmm. see how it went. Sure. So I was wearing it for a little while, leaving the tags on, and without knowing, I found myself having to take a quick bathroom break <laughs> wearing said piece of clothing. Sure, it happens. And that was when it hit me that I can no longer return this. I am committed to it. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that is one of the thresholds of... Can I return a piece of clothing or not? PSA, if you have worn a piece of clothing, yes, listen to up. the bathroom, 
You can't return that. Regardless of how clean of a trip it was. Please don't return anything you've had in the bathroom. <laughs> had on. It's too late. It's, too, it's far too late. It's mine now. But I love it. I think you subconsciously went to the bathroom knowing that you'd have to keep it after. I don't think I did. <laughs> I think what really happened was I put it on mm-hmm. and I didn't want to take it off because I felt fabulous and mm. I just left it on. Even though in my head I was contemplating, my heart knew it was right. So I just didn't take it off. If it brings you this much joy, it's a keeper. Regardless of what your husband thinks, who we adore greatly, it's a keeper. True. That is the mark of a good purchase. It brings you joy. It makes you happy. You don't want to return it. You but find I, the color flattering. You like the style. Sorry, true. go on. I just, I have reservations about things like that because we try very hard and are very intentional about living with a small amount. We live in a 1,300 square foot house, smaller than a lot of other people's houses. Our closets are really small. I try, I don't, I wouldn't say I have a minimalist wardrobe by any means or a capsule wardrobe, but I try to keep things light that's important to me keeping Mm. everything light so i am very intentional about what i keep in my closet and what i do not put in my closet so that's why it takes a little bit more brain power but the test run went well today yeah so here we go here we go i'll have to save a picture we'll post a picture on our instagram Mm. maybe not of me but of someone wearing a similar (laughs) (laughs) vested trench vest what do we call it trench vest trench vest yeah at delightful discussions podcast on instagram Instagram. yep what is the difference between beige and taupe or is taupe a type of beige beige is warmer Mm. taupe is a cooler tone so taupe is closer it's it's more gray it has more gray in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm looking at it right now, and I do agree that it. This is taupe because you can see it's a little grayer than it's. A, I, it is cooler, mm-hmm. and it, I think it does match your skin tone quite beautifully. Side note: someday on the podcast, we will discuss our color seasons whenever we get around to having an actual color analysis. <laughs> and I have been stubborn, foot to the ground, thinking that I am a fall. I don't think that I am. Foot to the ground. Stubborn. I am a Taurus. So I'm like the stubborn, bullheaded. I also have German heritage. So there's another stubborn piece. It's like, (laughs) I am fall. And I will accept no other answers. But as I've been experimenting, fall is one of the warm color seasons. And I think I have a cool skin undertone. Evidenced by Mm. cooler taupe looking good with my skin tone. (laughs) So we're getting there. We have many things that we consider purchasing as together as friends. Sure. And we definitely take our time. I believe that plays into the intentionality part of it. We are both people who like to think about our purchases. Mm Mm-hmm carefully whether it's clothing 
a caller consultation, a a house update, a, a service that is provided. And I like that. I enjoy that about our friendship. Yeah. As long as we don't take it too far and overanalyze, which sometimes happens. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why we haven't gotten our color consultation. True. Yes. Yet. True, true. If anybody knows of a good color consultant, we've come across a few. We haven't taken the plunge yet. However, my reservation is that I will have to get rid of things in my closet that aren't my color. And maybe we will talk about this on another podcast. Yes. TBD. We'll put that on the roster. Mm-hmm. Because it is interesting. We both find it very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other life updates before we move on to our topic? No, I'll let you know when the stamps come in the mail. I had to buy them because I was running low on my police dogs. I had fruit and I also had a floral. Floral is the basics for me. I, there always has to be a floral. Police dogs? Mm-hmm. I think I have a one or two left. I'm going to have to see those later. Okay. <laughs> All right. Are we ready for the main topic? I think so. Okay. This is a topic that I have been thinking about and ruminating over for months and discussing with Steph. Um, it is this topic of what I am calling being on someone's team. And I'm adding the extra yes preface of it being the mindset shift of being on someone's team to take down the mental load level, which we will talk about later. Mm. So I'm going to give some backstory. And this is the kindest backstory I'm going to give. We're going to make it as kind as possible and make all the negative things really quick. So, um... Perfect. Yeah. Can't wait to hear it. I would say probably in the past year, my feelings have been a little hurt by a near and dear friend, someone I really value, someone close in my life. And I took a lot of time to think about why my feelings were hurt about some interactions. And I am attributing it to this mindset of being on someone's team. I feel like this person at times has not been on my team. So, for example, I sometimes feel like I may not be making enough contact or maybe not the right contact for our friendship or I feel that I'm not good enough in some situations or what I've given isn't good enough. And um, that's just kind of the broad overview of it because I do love this person dearly and I do not want to give any more intimate details but just you know that overall experience that I think we all have at one time or another that I'm not doing enough, I'm not giving enough, it's not the right things. Sometimes it's self-inflicted and sometimes that might come from someone else that we interact with. And in this situation, it felt like the person wasn't on my team. So I feel if the person was on my team in some of those moments, they would have maybe assumed good things about what I've done, like recognizing the effort I did make, even though at times it may have been a small effort or not the same effort I've made in years past, but recognizing that it was a good effort, giving me the benefit of the doubt, or even, you know, if they feel like this is different than how I've treated them previously, checking the status of my life before 
expressing dissatisfaction. Like maybe there's something going on that they didn't know about. Um, sure. Maybe I'm feeling burnt out. Maybe I have a lot going on. Maybe like there's a family member that's not doing well. There's a lot of other factors mm-hmm. that could be in play. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So that's kind of the whole backstory. But once I realized that is how I felt in that situation, I flipped it and I started thinking of people in my life and whether or not I feel like I was being on their team or thinking of them or treating them as a way in a way that I was on their team. And I kind of found that I wasn't with everyone. So I, you know, even if this may not have been what was happening to this other person, I think I was perpetrating some of the same things to people in my life. So this has been a huge mindset shift for me that Steph and I have talked about a couple times over the months. But um, I'd like to describe a little bit more about this mindset shift. Do you have any comments before I move on? That was a good explanation. Okay. I think just making the distinction that when you were looking at different people in your life, not necessarily the person that you were first describing, Mm -hmm. but some other friends who may vary in their closeness to you. You were kind of looking at an analysis of many of your friendships. True. And I just wanted to make that distinction. Sure. Yeah. Their attitude towards me and also my attitude towards them. Sure. More so my attitude towards them. Right. Really in the analysis. Mm -hmm. Once I made the realization. So, I would like to offer the concept that either consciously or subconsciously, we're making a choice. We're choosing to be either on someone's team or against them. And I'm posing it as a strong yes or no, an all or nothing. Mm. Because even if you feel like you're not choosing, the way that you think about someone and the way that you respond to someone is making a choice, Mm. whether to support or to be against I'm proposing that there is no option for no support. It is either for or against. Mm. Go on. So by choosing to be on someone's team, you're assuming the best of them, unless proven otherwise, um, by solid evidence, I would say. You're supporting their success. If a problem does arise, you handle it as a team member would, by discussing your feelings with them or whatever you feel needs to happen with the intent to repair the team, repair the relationship, repair the community, and grow. You're not gossiping about them, assuming that they've wronged you in some way, or finding fault in any of their successes. I have a couple clarifications I would like to add, because I think I know what some people are thinking. And I am not saying that we let people hurt us. And we are naive to them. Mm. Good clarification. If you have evidence or you feel that someone's intentionally hurting you, manipulating you, gaslighting you, whatever it is, this concept is not applying to you in this moment. Please reach out to a friend, reach out to a mental health professional, talk to somebody. Yes. We are not, or I am not, advocating that you just pretend that everything is honky-dory. That's not the suggestion here. Additionally, I'm not saying that being on someone's team requires effort. So it's rather a mindset shift, not requiring the energy to 
send encouraging messages or be overly supportive, be outwardly a cheerleader, mm. you know, go out of your way to do things for them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those things m- might be nice and warranted, but I think that they add a lot of weight to the situation. Mm. So I'm just purely discussing your mindset. That's and a how good that distinction. Will affect your reaction. Mm-hmm. Not giving any sort of call to action that you have to rah rah in their direction if the energy is not there for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good distinction. Very good. Yeah. I feel like you have a good understanding of this after us talking about my experiences and my thoughts about this. Anything to add? Or I can give you some examples. Well, it is an interesting concept. I've never heard it defined in this way. I think you did a good job of laying it out with the clarifications. It, Like you said, it might be something that you consciously or subconsciously do. And we have had a few conversations on it. However, it might be something that comes more naturally to some people or more naturally in some seasons or in some circumstances or in some situations. Mm -hmm. It's not always easy. And we'll get into that. However, I appreciate the distinction that you just especially made because that does sound for someone like me who is melancholic, introverted, and and when I think of these clarifications, I think of certain situations where the idea of cheerleading or going out of your way to send this person extra messages or be overly supportive sounds exhausting. Sure. So, yeah, please continue. And you made me think of something just now. That I, an observation I've made about our friendship. (laughs) We have had, (laughs) okay, for those of you that may not know Steph intimately, like I do. That sounds really weird. (laughs) Intimate friendship. (laughs) We are about the intimate friendship here on the Delightful Discussions podcast. Welcome the intimate friendship. (laughs) It did not sound weird to me, but we are in an intimate friendship. So why would that be weird? (laughs) So... Something about Steph is she she defaults to being on people's team, whether or not she admits it. There are so many times oh, when so I flooded. being a like I am such a naturally pessimistic person mm. and it's okay. And my default is to feel like someone has wronged me and to have <laughs> anger and some sort of call to action. Like this is like I don't know, like everything's political. Um, And Steph is just this like soft ray of sunshine who will say things like, maybe they were just busy. Maybe that's why they didn't text you back because they were just, they're just a busy bee doing stuff. And it is such a soft, kind point of view that is so different from my immediate aggressive... (laughs) reaction (laughs) well first thank you for those kind words they went straight into my heart and made me feel very good (laughs) 
there are times when the default of being on someone's team is detrimental. Sure. Namely, in my struggles as a single female, single woman, this can be a pitfall because you continually give people the benefit of the doubt when they show you who they are and how they are. Mm-hmm. However, that might be another topic for another d- time. We might get into that a little bit later, but just know that, like you said, pessimism is okay. That's okay. Um, but it makes me think of driving actually like <laughs> driving in traffic. If you were in the car with Maddie driving versus me driving, Maddie coaches me on my driving in a, in a wonderful way. But I always think to myself, well, what, what if like their wife is in the back seat and she's pregnant and she's giving birth at this very moment and they need to get to the hospital. Inexcusable. (laughs) (laughs) There were times where like merging onto the highway, Maddie was like, that person just cut you off. And I was like, they did. I just don't see it that way. I just don't see it that way. I'm very unconcerned. Um, with how they are personally affecting me. I tend to be a defensive driver. I tend to not be in a hurry. I'm not very aggressive. Um, I tend to take my time. I tend to not go through yellow lights. (laughs) Well, we won't say that depending (laughs) on how tired I am then I will go through yellow lights, but it is kind of a microcosm driving in traffic of how somebody responds to true someone else true and that's what makes the friendship work the balance of (laughs) pure aggression in all situations good or bad and also soft kindness balance each other out (laughs) we do we do indeed (laughs) let me give you some examples of how i have implemented this mindset shift in my life One is with friends, which we've kind of touched on already, but um, I did a short analysis of close friends who I consider, people who I consider to be in my inner circle, people I'm willing to cancel my plans to go pick up if their car is broken down, things like that. People that I will go out of my way to support as part of my community. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, I noticed that I'm not always choosing to be on their team. Just like the example I mentioned before, when someone doesn't text back, I typically default to feeling like a victim Mm -hmm. or feeling like it's a personal statement against me or they're mad at me or like there's something wrong. And I've, I've tried to shift the mindset now to trying to, to put myself in their shoes And think about times when I've been really overwhelmed or so busy that I just could not text back (laughs) and how I would want someone to respond to me in that situation. Mm. And it's been so much better. Mm. Lovely. Additionally, something that is probably not surprising for a lot of our listeners, um, I am a very type A person and I love to have things planned out in more detail than most people 
because I feel like it makes everything run smooth. It mm. makes me feel calmer. There's mm-hmm. less anxiety when something comes up. I just love having everything planned out and I love planning it. So both of those go together. I have close friends that are not the planners. They are the, <laughs> we're going to show up and it's going to be great. Or we're going to figure it out step by step. And that is just a different personality. Mm-hmm. And there are times where that has been really difficult for me. And it have, I have been easily frustrated by that interaction. And that's something I'm working on most most recently is being on that person's team and being a teammate with them in community, trying to recognize that they bring other skills to the table that may not necessarily be planning. So Mm. they're Mm -hmm. whimsical, fun, spur of the moment, spontaneous things are what makes some parts of our friendship Mm. really wonderful Mm -hmm. and really worthwhile. So I am just trying to take one for the team. Mm Mm-hmm and be the planner and recognize that not everyone's going to be the same type of team member that I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm good at it, <laughs> but I'm working on it. Spontaneity is tough for me too. That's a really tough one. But I appreciate people who are spontaneous because they fascinate sure. me. Yeah. And maybe growing in curiosity of our friends who do not share these same characteristics i would probably characterize myself as a type a minus maybe a b plus because (laughs) i am in the same vein i enjoy a plan i enjoy knowing the plan however sometimes i'm just not one to plan out and i do want to take it step by step or Mm -hmm. i want to know the plan but i don't have the executing skills that you do in sure. certain regards regarding the plan. It's also been a learning experience. Exactly how you're describing. I thought everyone had these skills. Mm-hmm. I thought everyone had the skills to think, okay, what time is this event happening? How long is it going to take for me to drive there? What time do I need to be ready? I need to factor in five mm-hmm. minutes to let my dogs out. Mm-hmm. This is when I have to shower and be ready. Mm-hmm. Like that is... That is what happens, a lickety split in my mind. Mm -hmm. And I did not realize that that is not how everyone thinks. Especially my (laughs) husband, who I love dearly, does not think that way at all. He is a happy-go-lucky, I'm just happy to be here, smiley little guy. And Mm -hmm. I am like over here with a mental clipboard (laughs) we are behind schedule a mental clipboard great way of putting it great way to put it my brother is that way Mm -hmm. um and he finds himself in the same uh predicament where his partner his long-term person she is (laughs) who is a dear friend of mine who i have been friends with for a long time and a listener. So I love you. Uh, <laughs> she, and, but she enjoys that he calculates the five minutes to shower and let the dogs out. And he has the mental clipboard when she is like, okay, but he, she also balances his need to always have the plan. Sure. Because good things happen in spontaneous moments. Mm-hmm. Very true. Also back to, 
not texting someone back, (laughs) they may, get this, be taking a nap. (laughs) (laughs) What Stephanie is describing is... A fun story. (laughs) One time I needed something from her. No, that's not true. That, that makes it sound really bad. No, you. She you, had agreed to club, let me borrow something sure, that was go. essential to an event that I had planned. Mm-hmm. We'll say that. Yes. And you and your husband borrow. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we had scheduled a drop-off time, <laughs> and me being the clipboard person, mm. the time to drop off had passed. <laughs> probably by two hours the window it was yeah it's probably a window of time yeah and i wasn't feeling the greatest that day or that week i might have laid down for a small power nap and woke up three and a half hours later in a panic no doubt in a panic (laughs) but would you mind sharing with the listeners if you don't want to that's okay your reaction Shortly after not receiving a text back to your husband. Oh, yeah. It was, um, (laughs) Stephanie hates me. She is purposely doing this to harm me. I don't know why, what I did wrong, why she's mad at me. She hates me. (laughs) Yeah, mainly just like she hates me. And it wasn't even things that were bad about you. It was just like, I must have done something (laughs) so unbelievably offensive (laughs) this is the ugly side of not being on someone's team you find yourself self-deprecating and like overanalyzing your every move prior to an interaction or that or or, uh, lack thereof sure and that is so tough on you that's so tough on your analysis of yourself the way you see yourself it's yeah, you can go down a rabbit hole pretty fast. Yeah. Meanwhile, I just had my phone on sleep focus. I was f- focused on my sleep. And also, in another situation where someone doesn't respond, is it really a message that needs a response? That's mm. another thing. I am the person that will respond to any message mm-hmm. with Me a too. smiley face, a heart, Me like too. whatever comfort yes. we need. Yep. Put in the pillows, mm-hmm. make it cozy. Yes. Some people just don't respond if there doesn't need to be a response, and that's fine. If I'm on their team, that's fine. Mm-hmm. If I'm not on their team, they have personally wronged me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I In the world we live in, texting someone back is the ultimate form of courtesy. And that's why when you don't text someone back, they refer to it as leaving them on read which I believe is a term that means you did not respond back to them. Some may call it, this is more, I would say, romantic or what you would hope to be romantic relationships, ghosting. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes you could jokingly refer to your friends as ghosting you. But the key is that it's a message that reasonably requires a response and then they don't answer. Mm-hmm. I think that's the ghosting. Not sure. necessarily. Maybe it just like, I don't know. Maybe you just not needed. Sometimes I'm really busy at work and I do the, we use Teams, Microsoft Teams at work. I don't know if you use that, but anybody else that uses Teams, you can do a thumbs up. So sometimes I just thumbs up somebody to acknowledge receipt of their message, <laughs> but it doesn't require an entire response. 
Sure. And to some people that might seem aggressive, but to a busy person, that's noted. Yes. Got it. And also I'm still on your team. Mm. Yes. Received. Yep. I, I did that today. I said, uh, at work, receive this message. We'll get to you as soon as possible because I wasn't able to answer their questions in the moment, but sure. I wanted to acknowledge that I received it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the liking of text messages or hearting or emphasizing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I got it. I have no, no need to respond, right. but I have acknowledged your message. And that's where I think is a common courtesy. I, I have a harder time deciphering which messages are do not require a response. Like when do you, when does it end? When you fall asleep (laughs) (laughs) around 9 PM, because that's when all the conversations end. Am I right? Yes, definitely. One of the biggest opportunities to decide in your mind, whether or not you're going to be on someone's team, the communication aspect of it. Mm. Mm hmm. Another way that it has played out in my life lately is that recently, within the past year, I would say, I have joined a professional organization. I would say a community volunteer organization that is solely women. Mm -hmm. And I'll keep the name out just for anybody that may have feelings about things. But it's... All women, women ran, you know, there's a board, there's vice president in charge of things, there's a lot of women volunteering together, whatnot. And I feel that has been another one of my biggest opportunities to practice the mindset shift of being on someone's team. Because I am, I would like to say that I'm a natural leader. I have a lot of leadership skills and I'm really passionate about that. I love learning new things about leadership or doing leadership trainings at work. Like that's Mm. something I really enjoy and really love and feel that is a strength of mine. So when I see all of these amazing women in this organization leading their butts off and just doing amazing things that I could not do, Mm -hmm. it is so easy for me to feel envy or feel jealous of them mm-hmm. and to not like them for that reason. But if I am intentionally shifting that mindset to being on their team, I think I should be celebrating them. That's awesome that they're doing that. I want to learn from them. I want to absorb some of those things. I'm so happy to be in this organization where I can observe their behavior, learn from it, be their team member etc. So Mm. it's a huge shift for me Mm -hmm. that um, this is one that I will say I have taken to be more active because I have purposely humbled myself by congratulating someone in the organization on something that they've done well or saying thank you for something that they've done, even though I've internally deep down felt a little bit jealous Mm. of their performance. Mm -hmm. Um, so sometimes I feel like the action can be there, but I wouldn't do that if I was burnt out or exhausted by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm feeling like I maybe missed an opportunity in my younger years to practice these types of skills because I wasn't in a sorority when I was in college. So I didn't have that women organization. 
I wasn't on any sort of team sport where I would be congratulating my teammate on something that they've done really well that I'm also trying to do. And I was in organizations when I was in college, but because I have some of those skills and I'm really passionate about things, I was usually already in a leadership role. So I wasn't the team member supporter or I hadn't learned to be that yet. Maybe it wasn't Mm -hmm. enough time. Mm -hmm. So that's something I'm learning now that I wish I could have learned earlier. And maybe I'll advocate for that with my kids someday. Mm -hmm. I don't have kids right now, but I would like to have kids someday. Maybe I'll advocate for that being on some sort of team where it's not about you. It's about other people in the whole picture. Mm -hmm. So I feel like you have been on teams. I I was not in a sorority. I was on a team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A team where there were probably people that excelled maybe at some things that you were working towards. Most definitely. And they excelled better than you. Yes. How'd you handle that? First, great question. It's humbling to watch women around you succeed. I believe it was Brene Brown or Glennon Doyle. I apologize if I'm, or Brene Brown and Glennon Doyle speaking to each other. I apologize if I misquote this. It was a while ago that I heard this from either one of them. But they said there are so, for women, there are so few seats at the table. We have a hard time keeping the door open and letting them in. So imagine a musical chairs situation, but the number of people vastly outnumbers the number of chairs. And that is what it's like to be women in the workforce or in positions of leadership or in organizations mm-hmm. with other, with other women. I've also heard it as this being the same reason why women feel undervalued in, for example, the workplace because they often don't get a vote or they haven't had a vote in previous years and they don't feel like they have their voice heard Mm -hmm. and they don't hold. So when they are given power or status or a seat at the table, Mm -hmm. they hold onto that power and they hold onto that status all the more or gatekeep. They gatekeep. Exactly. That's exactly what my next point was. So they, they hold on to it and they're must much, excuse me, much less likely to share. I was not an expert at championing, supporting, (laughs) um, other women. And I was not good at looking at their success and validating it and being excited for them or being on their team. I think because my models were poor at it um, and not through any fault of their own. Coaches are busy. Coaches have other things on their plate. They have their own agendas. Sure. Um, and part of the agenda is to create a competitive environment mm-hmm. and that inter turmoil of your team creates a competitive environment. Mm -hmm. However, you move better 
as so I was on the rowing team, you move better when you give in and rely on people and you have a better experience too. It's not easy, Mm -hmm. but it's lovely when you give in and do it. And if anything, I've experienced this more in my work life outside of college in delegating and realizing, wait, I can't do it all. When you champion women, good things happen. Mm -hmm. Babies are born. (laughs) Stuff gets done, which I wanted to say the other word. There's a reason they say women rule the world. And I know this is a, a very overarching, broad response to the topic of how do you champion other women? How do you support other women in team sports? It's just what I've learned is we... We weren't given the same opportunities in sports for the longest time. And now the playing field has evened, I think, a lot more. However, there are still times where women in sports don't feel they have the same opportunity. Mm -hmm. And it's it's the same musical chairs type of scenario. Um, But when you do it, it is rewarding and it is lovely and it is so good and you know back to this idea of just being on someone's team in general think of the energy that it requires to not be on someone's team think Mm -hmm. of how some people say or i've been told it is so much there's it requires so much more energy to be angry at somebody to hold resentments to hold a grudge and sometimes it feels like the default and like they have wronged you they you know you may or not may or may not know if they wronged you intentionally or unintentionally but you feel wronged either way Mm -hmm. and you just hold on to that because that is your belief and that is you know your right to feel angry and jealous or envious or Um, not look at them in the best light, but recognizing that people have a lot going on, whether that means socially or mentally or psychologically or in their family, life is hard. Life is tough. It's arduous. It's unfair. It can be sad. It can also be filled with joy. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have to keep giving people the benefit of the doubt. Everyone's finding a hard battle, but what I'm finding is it's, even better for me to give them the benefit of the doubt. It doesn't necessarily even um, is about them as much as it is how I respond and can carry on with life better Mm -hmm. if I'm not carrying around a grudge or the opposite of giving someone the benefit of the doubt. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You carry a lighter burden when you unburden yourself with giving the benefit of the doubt when you're on someone's team, it makes life better. Yeah. So as long as there aren't the caveats, sure. As long as they deserve to be on your Mm. team. Yes. Which we'll say is most people. Yeah. Or as you, you've described it to me as like your inner circle, like letting someone control your emotions who is in your inner circle or not in your inner circle. Mm. And protecting yourself as a boundary of letting somebody hurt you or affect you greatly in an emotional way. 
that is not necessarily in your inner circle. I mean, I think this extends beyond the inner circle. Obviously mm-hmm. you have to give lots of people, even people you don't even know in traffic, the benefit of the doubt. True. That's a good example. Yes. My mom likes to use the analogy. Um, maybe they had pumpkins. So she had something happen one time. I'm from the Midwest. So in the Midwest, we go get pumpkins and we carve them. I now live in Florida. So you can't really carve pumpkins because those things will rot in your front porch mm-hmm. quickly. I can confirm. <laughs> but in... In the Midwest, you are, you're getting pumpkins and just, just take a moment to reflect on how are you going to secure pumpkins in your car for the drive home? Like if you're not coming with something ready to secure them, like you're putting them in the seats, like if you're putting them in the back of your car, like wherever <laughs> right. they are, yeah. they are at high risk for rolling around. And with a pumpkin, I mean, if it rolls from one side of the car to the other on a sharp turn, it's going to burst open. You're going to have pumpkin <laughs> seeds and guts everywhere in your car so she was being extra cautious one time turning very slowly because Mm. she didn't want the pumpkins to roll Mm -hmm. didn't want the pumpkins to smack against the inside of the car and for it to cause a mess and she thought to herself these people behind me are probably so angry with me right now because i am turning this car so slowly and carefully they are probably so mad But then she did the same thing. She turned it around and thought, next time somebody is really slow in front of me, really slow to turn off the main road into a side road, Mm -hmm. they probably just have pumpkins. Maybe (laughs) they just have pumpkins in their car. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And the benefit of the doubt, she's on their team. She is on their side. Pumpkin preservation is top priority. (laughs) (laughs) Pumpkin preservation top priority we're making that into a bumper sticker sure i'm sure she would love it she loves bumper stickers <laughs> maddie's mom and i are a little similar i also love bumper stickers also you have the same name you're both stephanie's so we are i didn't know too. if you wanted to share that <laughs> yeah we do fine. we do share the same name unironically or ironically sure um yeah, and pumpkins you couldn't see. Like, I no. turn very slowly when I have my dog in the car because she literally, yeah, so <laughs> from side to side. Sorry, I just did a motion. So if you saw, heard my voice go in and out, because it's like, think of a dog. They're trying to grip the, the seat with their nails, and you kind of have them strapped into a little bit of the seatbelt, like, so they don't fly over everywhere. But if you take a turn too sharp, I mean, it is just, they are jostled. And. <laughs> You can see a dog, so you can maybe, like, sympathize. I'd, I'd like to sure. think drivers sympathize with me when I, they see my dog in the car. Because I've had that same turning on to a road that is very close to your house, but I was taking it really slow, and someone was not having it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I don't want my dog to go flying into the passenger side window. Like Diamond I- is kind of a pumpkin. <laughs> she is orange-colored. <laughs> she is delightfully round. She is solid. <laughs> she, she is the dog embodiment of a pumpkin <laughs> in the best way yeah that is a good compliment pumpkin she is my pumpkin <laughs> yes she is a pumpkin that's the same concept exact but do they really need to confirm if they're on your team mm-hmm. and we're practicing that skill mm-hmm. assuming that there might be a reason there probably is a good reason 
Maybe they're not feeling well. I know. Maybe, I don't know. I always pull into your neighborhood really slowly because I feel so aggressive whipping in there. I know. But everybody on that road in front of your neighborhood is going a million miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And I think that I upset people every time. But Me too. I just try to, try to pretend they're not there. Yes. That's, that <laughs> is a strategy. I've heard that as a strategy in learning to drive, pretending like, like they're, and really, I mean, kind of their opinions don't really matter. Like if you break, they're going to have to break. Sure. Uh, but don't do it out of spite. Don't do it out of spite. And I, I still stand by my argument that if you give people the benefit of the doubt, if you are on their team in a driving traffic situation, it's not just good for them. It's good for you. You will be a calmer driver. You will be a, a less angry person you, it affects you as much as it affects them. And I stand by that. True. That's my catchphrase you're borrowing. I'm borrowing your catchphrase because I stand by what I'm saying. I love it. I love it. It bleeds into everywhere. Mm -hmm. I would encourage our listeners to try it out. I do it at work. If, um, my line of work requires me to approve or deny things from other people sometimes. Mm-hmm. So if I'm always trying to be on their side, I do my best to approve it if I can make any sort of argument for it, mm-hmm. which I think helps with my work relationships a lot more than if I would default to no and my default being disapprove or deny mm-hmm. and they have to work very hard to convince me otherwise Mm. it's a mindset shift that i think will increase not even i think has already improved my relationships with other people Mm. at work and in my personal life wow you heard it here first sure i have another point Mm -hmm. about giving about being on someone's team I think it's a really important aspect of village life, of community life. You might not always get along with your friends 100%. You might not always share their same exact values, their same exact opinions, their same skills, like you said, planning, their skills of spontaneity, spontaneity, choosing what goes on a charcuterie board. You might Mm -hmm. not have that same idea of what is fun to do on a Friday night. You might know, not know a lot about music when your friends are in the (laughs) musical world. (laughs) Take it from me. Yeah. However, if you are choosing to be on their team, you are choosing to, Consider for a moment that going to a concert of classical music nature or in the jazz genre might be a fun thing to do on a Friday night. Maybe Mm -hmm. you go to football teams, games, football games, just to see the band. (laughs) Sometimes you're just there for the band. It'd be like that sometimes. And it is a, an entire, I like, I like that you called it the mindset shift mm-hmm. because it is entirely a mindset shift 
I had mm-hmm. no idea people went to football games just to watch the band. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if you are on their team, you are choosing for a moment to take part in their interests, to take part in their spontaneity, in sure. their expertise in music or wine or food or politics or home improvement or making mm-hmm. their house really cozy. Yeah. And so... <laughs> You know, when they're picking out paint colors and you're like, oh, gray all the way. And they're like, you know, I, I really want something more warm. You're like, beautiful. Great. You're on their team. You are on their side because it's not about you. It's about village. It's about like giving people the space to be themselves and champ supporting championing. (laughs) Thank you. Their their way of being, their way of life, their you know, and it, it's mm-hmm. I go back to being curious. Being curious is really important in my adult life because you think you have it all figured out sometimes when you're a young adult. And sometimes you don't. Sometimes most of the time you don't. <laughs> so true, Queen. Mm. Like the concept of rest or the concept of turning your phone off for a time. Like, you know, in my earlier young adult life, I would have thought only crazy people take naps and only crazy people turn off their phone for a time. And you know, that you might have a judgment like that person. I would never be able to do that because I just need to go, go, go. And I need to be able to be contacted at any moment of my day. Not true. Not true. So if you're curious about how somebody chooses to be, it opens up your life to, all kinds of experiences. And then you have a wider circle of friends that have different interests. Not, I shouldn't say mm-hmm. wider circle. I actually like having a very tight circle of friends, the older I get, mm-hmm. but you accept more people into your circle that you wouldn't normally otherwise. Have- yeah. Cause they're not all going to fit, fit the cooker cutty cookie cutter. Oh, why can I not do that? Cookie. <laughs> oh, I can't say cut. champion with an I and G. So it's fine. Cutter cookie. <laughs> Cookie cutter. Cookie cutter. Yeah, they're not all going to fit that. So being their team member means recognizing their strengths and weaknesses and likes and dislikes and valuing those instead of putting them down or devaluing them. Mm -hmm. And there is no in-between. Sorry, that was the aggressive spike. Mm. It's important. It's a choice. Whether you're doing it consciously or not. It's a choice. Any additional remarks before we close, ma'am? It's worth it. It's worth it for the sake of your village. Mm -hmm. It's worth it for the sake of your friendships, for your work relationships, for your daily commute, for your relationships with your family. Mm -hmm. And it teaches you how to deal with difficult people, which is something we all... Sure experience sure love it couldn't have said it better myself anything else from you no no i'll just say on behalf of the pod we hope you consider this we hope you found the discussion to be delightful um don't put too much energy into it if you don't have the energy to put just think on it reflect reflect and let us know how it goes consider it and we'll see you next week see you next week